You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. Some things in life are constant. One of those constants is the fact that I speak to Liston Mainchies about the US jobs numbers and other matters, of course, as we go off on tangents. Liston Mainchies is an independent financial advisor and market analyst, and he's on the telephone now. Liston, the US created in December 145,000 new jobs. The expectation was for 160. People said, oh, they didn't beat the, they didn't beat the number, and uh, this is a weak number. What a load of rubbish. It was a good number, I thought. Well, again, I think you've always got to do moving averages on these things because they do what they call seasonal adjustment. Never have I understood how they actually do that. And I think it's to add to the noise rather than uh, take away from it. And as you know, and I say it every month as well, you know, I go to this official website called the Bureau of Labor Statistics in the United States and see what numbers they've actually got there. And they don't often tally with what the story is being told. So, for instance, you know, the uh, civilian labor force uh, actually went uh, up marginally over the month. That's just the labor force, some new people entering. But the number employed, believe it or not, fell by 400,000. So, you know, there might have been new jobs, but there might have been a few people who got fired on the way. (laughs) I never do understand this, by the way. That's why I say, you know, they use seasonal adjustment. And even out of the seasonal adjustment, I don't get 145. But listen, I mean, if you don't understand it and you're an expert in these matters, you you can go through a spreadsheet and you can go through a a table of statistics better than anyone I know. If you don't understand how 400,000 people were removed from the workforce and 145,000 were added to the workforce. I don't understand the anomaly between the two. (laughs) Well, that's why I say it's it's to do with this uh, seasonal adjustment factor, which is also adjusted itself. But no, the the, the long story is we put a lot more emphasis on this uh, spurious item. And I think the long-term trend is the one that really counts. But I think, and I've sent you one or two articles on this, where people are saying, you know, but Mr. Trump is claiming, you know, a lot of this is due to him. But if you actually look at how much has actually happened in the last two years, uh, very little. The first year it happened, but that was largely a spillover of the previous uh, presidency. So, you know, it's hard to say whether new jobs have been created. What we do know, though, is the employment is pretty full because the numbers that they are describing are in the three-level And we have seen certainly fours, fives, and uh, certainly after the global financial crisis, we were up in the eights. So, you know, definitely things are better now than they were 10 years ago from an employment perspective. Yes. And again, one of the points that was made was that, uh, you know, the wage growth has been exceedingly low. And I think we all know the reason for that. You know, a number of jobs are being replaced by robots, which are uh, cheaper, and so people haven't got the the pricing power that they might have had in times gone by. Uh, and and again, a lot a lot is made of you know the the lowness of items, and definitely we'll have to see interest rate cuts. As you know, I don't tend to that uh, belief. I think if we look at what has been achieved in the period of low interest rates, it has actually been inflation in asset prices. First and foremost, it has been a greater inequality of wealth where the wealthy are able to borrow at ludicrously low rates and the people at the bottom of the pile can't borrow at all. Hmm. So, honestly, I I just wait to see some uh, economic historian write a treatise on this because I think they must come to the same conclusions that we just have. 
2019 was the lowest nominal jobs growth year since 2011. Now, Trump bashers of which I consider myself one, but this time I have to say it's not really to do with him. The jobs that are being created, not really to do with him. Um, it's all to do with the US Federal Reserve and good company performances. But also, I have to say, in his defense, it's coming off a very, very high base. So you well, can't really read too much into 2019, I don't think, if you're making no, uh, Trump bashing well, well, comparisons. When at, yeah, when you're at low and, 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 and virtually full employment, you know, how much, how many more jobs can you create? Precisely. It's, it's a lot easier to do when there's lots of people looking for them. Yeah, exactly. So any any particular trends within that uh, 145,000? The wage growth was low. That's the big trend. And the Fed must be saying, thank goodness, we can keep rates as low as Mr. Trump wants us to. But anything else? Uh, not really. As I said, you know, the unemployed, the inflation rate is not worrying anybody. I just don't hear them saying anything to that effect. One or two other countries are pointing to the fact that, you know, uh, items are rising. But remember, one of your key ingredients, and it's not just the value that is placed on it in the, in the index, but simply the fact it has a spin-over benefit in transportation, is the oil price. And, uh, you know, really, truly, the oil price is down for the year. It, it had some funny little bumps and lumps early in, the, in, the, in January. Yes, uh, but it, last uh, week, it, in fact. It's yes. year on year, it's actually down, yeah. Okay, let's move on to other things now. The Iran situation is very interesting because I was watching an international television news station and they got exclusive access to the military bases that were targeted by these these missiles. And all of the soldiers had been put into bunkers because they received a warning. So this was just a cosmetic exercise by the Iranians, I think, so as not to perpetuate even more of a conflict. So they said, we're going to bomb you, or somebody said, or someone got intelligence to say, we're going to, we're going to bomb you. All the soldiers went into bunkers and there were no casualties, despite the fact that all the, all the barracks in which they would have been sleeping, dozens and dozens and dozens of these people, uh, would have been sm- were, were smashed to smithereens and there would be horrendous casualties and also now Iran saying we're really sorry that we shot down this plane having said vehemently last week or a couple of days ago excuse me that there was they had nothing to do with this it's interesting what's going on Iran's backing down well I'm not sure about that again I think it's a lot of tactical play there is absolutely no doubt of the anger and the fact that they are incensed Uh, and it will take time to work out a proper strategic plan which will have a dramatic effect Now, what that might be and when it might happen, that is anybody's guess. But uh, to assume that they're back down and that all is well and nothing is likely to happen in 2020, I think, is naive in the extreme. So you think this is just a a sort of a a phony war, if you like, and there's a a period of calm, almost like people who are in the trenches waiting for someone to make the first move, like in World War I? Something like that. Uh, But I say, you, you know, you need to do proper planning. You were not expecting this particular smack. You received it. You can't just suddenly have a, a, an immediate response to that. So, uh, as I say, give it a month or three, and I think we will see the follow-through. I certainly wouldn't put my money on the fact that it's peace in our time. Let's come back to, yes, Mr Chamberlain, let's come back to South Africa, because the South African Reserve Bank is going to make its decision on South African interest rates, domestic interest rates, and every commentary I've seen says they're going to leave it unchanged because of the rating agency's pronunciations during the first quarter of 2020. On the other hand, we've got Mark Carney, more 
more or less hinting that there's going to be a 25 basis point cut in the United Kingdom, preempting uh, Brexit problems. Why can't we preempt problems in South Africa and cut the rates, for goodness sake? No, well, again, you and I have had this conversation, I, I would say, for at least the past six months, where I'm saying, you know, if you're holding, holding rates high because of inflation and your objective is to maintain inflation, but they have this other objective, of course, which is stability. Now, you don't want to do something which three months later you regret doing because the ratings agency did downgrade and then you're forced to raise rates again. So mm. there is certainly a case to be made for, for doing nothing until we get more certainty. But you know what? <laughs> I had to say this, Lindsay, but if you wait for certainty, you'll probably never do anything because there's always going to be degrees of uncertainty surrounding you. And uh, I would honestly say, and I've said it a number of times in a number of platforms, we need a rate cut. And the logic from textbook uh, theory, why we should not get one. The logic is now because somebody else may do something which may cause us a, a bit of, of pain. I'm not sure that you have that many ways in a sentence when you make a decision. I missed the first part of your uh, comment just now. Are you saying that there should be a rate cut in South Africa? I absolutely believe there should have been at least two rate cuts by now. Hmm. And uh, again, if they, if they dilly-dally again, uh, I don't want to say just how, how different things are likely to get. Where well, we've seen it, uh, you know, in many, many places in the economy, this thing is not working. But, you know, when you have a problem like you have with ESCOM. And I mean, you know, the chairman uh, resigning and saying, you know, that the state president was misled. You know, you, the uncertainties that that raises are phenomenal. Now, I, I, I think, you know, I've just been uh, in, in Hungary and we went by train down to Vienna. Yes. And the abiding impression I have is of one million wind turbines. I don't know how many there are, but I just saw field after field after field of wind turbines. Oh. And they've done away with fossil fuel in Germany and, and nearly all in Austria. And, uh, you know, for the life of me, I can't see why we keep clinging to an age-old uh, behemoth, which is bust and almost unable to be repaired correctly in any reasonable time frame. Yes, we always will need a constant source of power. So I'm not saying do away with all of them, but we have got to get real and start to use alternative uh, sources of energy. Yes, and South Africa is blessed with so many natural resources that we should be at the forefront of this, as I've said so many times over the years. But of course, it's all to do with labour. It's all to do with unions. It's all to do with employment. There, there are so many political considerations to take into account. Your general uh, feeling for 2020, we did your 2020 predictions at the end of last year, Liston. Yeah, and, and, and the mood, is, has anything changed? Well, you summarised it pretty well. You said, you know, more of the same. And I think that's true, but I still maintain the one, uh, you know, strange one that other people are not allowing for is that the UK goes into recession. I don't think that's stoppable as, as I see it. Yes. Uh, what the implications are is another matter. As you say, Carney uh, might want to drop interest rates. Uh, the ECB might panic a little bit. And you've still got the Brexit to get sorted out. So as I say, you know, if, if anybody tells me that they have a good feeling about nearly everything coming down in 2020, I just think that's rose-tinted spectacles. We have to be realistic. and We have to say unless a, a lot of good things start to happen, Unlikely in a presidential election year in the States, from a state side point of view, the rhetoric is uh, unbelievable. We've got the possible 
uh, a story of the impeachment. It won't go through, as we all know, what uh, the, the as many uh, uh, statements that, that people make. It will be a partisan vote, and the Senate is dominated by the Republicans. So they will just say to the House that, you know, we heard your case. We don't think it's, it will apply, and uh, so we'll carry on. That will be let's say, positive in, in at least some ways. But looking at the actual story of, of earnings in the United States, they are down as they have been coming down for about 18 months. Now, if that's what causes a bull market, I would be surprised. Liston, thanks so much for your excellent analysis, the first one of 2020. That's Liston Mainches, independent economic analyst, financial advisor, and market analyst as well. To receive Liston's charts and other exclusive content, Go to strictlybusinesspodcast.com, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, and subscribe. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position, or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer, or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision, and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.